One of the things that I really appreciate about Eric is that he brings a unique perspective on the distinctions between being uh, fearful slaves before God versus being dearly loved adopted sons. And so I feel like there's this family culture that runs through your whole message and that's connected to this hope thing. Hope's been your dominant message, but I feel like your first, your first sort of woe was this realization that we are not under the law. We're not relating to a taskmaster. We're relating to a really, really loving father. And that's one of the things that I think I like the most about Eric's heart. So with all that said, could you please extend a standard gateway welcome to Eric Reeder? Standard. All right. Woo! All right. All right. Awesome. It's good to be back here. Can someone tell me why there's liquid running down those doors back here? Is anyone else seeing this or is this just me? What is that? Does anybody... Is that what it was? Okay, I was, I was figuring it had to be something like that, but I'm also not opposed to the fact that oil could have been running down that or some manifestation of the Spirit, so I'm just checking up on that. Uh, so anyways, but uh, hey, it's awesome. Good to be back with you guys. I don't know if you're in the same boat I am, but I am loving to get to be back in your area on a very regular basis. Uh, love to be in here in November uh, with you guys with the conference that we did that weekend. Uh, this weekend has me in the area because I was with Bob Muncy over in Greenwood with their Touching the Father's Heart conference, which was phenomenal. Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, and I spoke last night, uh, which was just a great time. And then uh, the opportunity to stay over and be at Gateway again because I feel like I can barely, or let me say it this way, I can't come to this area without coming being with you guys is what I'm thinking. Uh, so we had to, glad to see that. Uh, work out again and um, and those kind of things. So let me not uh, take a whole lot of time this morning. I don't even think I brought my products in with me to tell you about them, but you probably got them in November, so that's all fine uh, and dandy because I've got a lot of stuff stirring in my heart uh, and see if we can navigate our way through it. Uh, I'm increasingly uh, finding myself not showing up with very many set notes, uh, but just uh, following. I, I think when I write notes, I'm following the Spirit. You ever notice that preacher's like, I was up, I wrote all these notes, and then, and then I decided I'd just follow the Spirit. I'm thinking, well, what'd you do writing the notes? <laughs> I mean, isn't that, you're not just thinking, he can, he can, you can follow the Spirit two weeks before you get here just as well as you can five minutes before you get up here. Okay, never mind. You don't, you know, if you know. So, but anyways, I say that to say that I really uh, was just sensing some things moving uh, as we were singing, which, man, you guys' music is legit up in here. I mean, it is cranking, getting it done. And who wrote this? I had to, I had to go ahead and um, send a Facebook post out there. If you're not following me on Facebook, do that. As well as we have a new page, We Are the Hopeful. Uh, so if you're doing the Facebook thing, uh, like that, if you search at We Are The Hopeful, you can like our page and keep up with that. But who wrote these lyrics like a tide wave crashing over me? Is that in-house writing? Jesus culture? You just tied it in there? Okay, I hadn't heard that one before. The whole your love is fierce. That was good stuff, man. I was digging that. I didn't credit you or anything because I wasn't for sure, but I posted you. <laughs> so anyways, it's good stuff. But in the midst of that, then Tim comes up here uh, and, and is just praying and worshiping up here in that sense. And it led me, uh, something in that led me to just drop this off for you to consider and think about. If you would, uh, if you'd allow your heart and your mind uh, to consider the concept of eternity as the understanding of boundlessness. Can you hear that? Eternity has no bounds to it. It's without restriction. It's without restraint. We're not contained within the 4D realm. Can you hear that? So eternity is, uh, is, can be much attached to the understanding of boundlessness. And so scripture says that God has put eternity within the hearts of man. So there's something that we're designed with that is in the design of boundlessness. Oh, you're going to catch us in a second. And so Scripture tells us that when we were in our mother's womb, He did what? 
He formed us. So we are actually touched by eternity before we are touched by mortality. We are actually touched by boundlessness before we are touched by restraint. We are actually touched by him before you are touched by your mother. So your, your most core DNA is mostly aware of eternity more than it's aware of restraint. So our hearts and our actually our full even physiology is attached to boundlessness instead of confinement, instead of isolation, because bondage is isolation. Now catch where I'm going. Bondage is isolation. Bondage is I want to be over there, but I'm stuck right here. Does anybody know what I'm talking about or am I just talking to myself? So if our core DNA, the very fabric of our being, our psychology, our physiology, all that we are is attached to boundlessness, then we are those who resist bondage. Our true core resists confinement. Our true core resists that, what, that which wants to restrict us. Here you go. Our core resists isolation. But yet, because we have embraced deception and lies, falsehoods, we most often live in areas of bondage and live in areas of isolation. And we come to accept that as our lot in life instead of the reality of eternity? So the question in this that was stirring in me is to cause our minds and our hearts to expand and open to a reality that begins to ask ourselves the question, in what areas of your life are you living bound? Because that means you're not living your true you. You're not living your true self. You're living something less than what you were designed to live because you were designed to live boundless. You were designed from eternity and eternity's actually already been set in your heart. But unfortunately, we've had far too long of Christian teaching that tells us that eternity's somewhere over there. In eternity, sometime after your body's in the dirt. So you don't have a perception that you're already in eternity. Which is the perception you're not free yet. So I'm up here thinking about this Why, Pastor Tim's over here just in prayer and worship. That at some point we have to invite the boundless one to awaken us to the identity of our boundlessness. You're not bound. I don't always have this kind of experience, but I just feel like icy hot is poured all over me right now. This sister back here, she's feeling it back there, aren't you? The weight of his glory is among us to unravel the mirage of deception that we're isolated and unto ourselves. And far too much of the message of Christianity has been that we are unto ourselves trying to get back to where we belong. Mm -hmm. But we've not yet embraced we actually already belong and have nothing to get back to. We are already in Him. 
We are already in eternity. Even if we want to think with Western thought and perceive eternity as a linear timeline, that linear timeline is still encased within the concept of timelessness. So right now is within the framework of eternity. Is this too much for a Sunday morning? Is it, I, didn't, I didn't even show up here to talk about this, but here I am. Eternity is not timelessness. It's boundlessness. Timelessness is part of boundlessness. But you could still be timeless and be bound to something. Okay, I need to, these are for coffee talks uh, or something. Here's where I wanted us to hear out of this is we are those that resist bondage in our nature. Come on. What happens when someone wants to confine you and restrict you? What is your natural instinct? To push back at it. Unfortunately, we've called that some bad thing. Like being rebellious. We've called that some bad thing like our flesh. Doesn't want to submit. Submission is never meant to be bondage. Husbands, wives, are you ready for this? Maybe not. Submission is never about who's in charge and who's not. Submission is never about who's the better or the leader and who's the less. Let's just do a little English lesson. Sub, the prefix, means what? Under. Mission means cause or purpose. So submission is to come under the same mission. That's how we submit to one another. We come under. Under the mission. That's why we're called the bride of Christ. The one who's come under the mission of Christ. That's how a man and woman get married. And the lady, if you will, is said to come under as the man is already under the mission of the destiny of that family line. So the, the lady, the female, comes from this family line, if you will, and brings the anointing that is on her to then come under the same mission that's now on this family line to bring forth the fruit and product of it. That's it. it. I'm going to sister right here in a second. <laughs> I don't know how I got on submission. Other than the fact that you and I then... As the body, as a local expression of the body, as a regional expression of the body, as the global expression of the body, we are those who have come under his mission to awaken the reality of our boundlessness. So in this house, known as Gateway Fellowship, the heartbeat is, is not finding who's going to be in charge and then who's going to do what everybody who's in charge says to do. Uh-oh, am I going to get up in your business a little bit? But it's about all of us together coming under the mission that Father has released for this house to carry that adds to and comes under the mission that Father has designed for this region to carry. Does anybody see how these pieces become fitly and joined together as we allow ourselves in our When you understand submission as bondage, you don't want to come under it. But when you recognize you are boundless, or in other words, you are already free, then you understand you're free to come in under the mission. You're not forced, you're not coerced. Whew.
So I'm wanting us to see that we've already been touched by eternity. We've been made by it. It's actually who we are. We are eternal. We are boundless. And I don't know about you, but that puts right in front of my eyes what areas of life have I bought into the mirage that I'm bound? What have you embraced as your restrictions? What is this house embraced as its restrictions? Well, we can only really... Now, we can just... You're going to live boundless or you're going to live restricted? Well, now, I... You're so free. You are actually so free that you're free enough to stay bound. You're so free, you can stay in your bondage as long as you want to stay there. I painted a painting in high school that I engraved in the painting a quote that says, my freedom to be free or not to be reveals the magnitude of my freedom. You're so free, you can stay in the prison as long as you want. The door is just open, and you can sit in there as long as you want. The challenge is, is that we all get comfortable within our bondage because it begins to feel safe. Because we become acquainted with the walls. We become acquainted with the view from behind the bars. And that starts making sense to us. Because it becomes our known. And we're most fearful of the unknown. So we prefer to stay on this side of the bars because at least we know what that looks like. Because when we peek out, we're just totally not sure what this means on this side of the bars. But the door is wide open. You can sit in there or you can come on out here and see what eternity feels like because we're already in it, not trying to get to it. At some point, we have to become settled in who we are and what we're already in. If we continue to live our life and live Christianity focused on somewhere we're not, we're going to miss out on what's already available to us. So I wanted us to see this morning that the understanding of hope, that the biblical revelation of hope is the settled place. I'm increasingly becoming aware of my settledness in the goodness of Father and the beauty of my sonship. I have nothing to prove and I have no need to strive because I'm already in. I already belong. I'm already, I already have an unconditional assurance. Father's goodness prevails. And so it's living from that place that becomes the empowerment or the force, the boldness to live in my boundlessness. Someone better get Twitter out for that one. I don't know what's... So I felt like I'm probably not going to get to teach much today. I've already used up most of my time. And I'm, I'm going to pull from my online, my online classes on hope to help us see that biblical hope is the place of settledness. While our modern vocabulary that we use the word hope for is based on the idea of a want and a wish. A want and a wish speaks to us about what we don't have yet. You don't want and wish for something you already have. 
But check yourself. Most of the time when you use the word hope, I hope this or I hope that or I hope this is I hope that and I hope this works and I hope it doesn't rain and I and I what you're really saying is I want it to be this or I wish it would be that because you realize it's not that. So living from the place of a want or a wish constantly tells your mind you don't have it constantly says, I want something other than what this is. So it keeps you locked in this cage of I'm not really where I want to be. I'm not where things really aren't the way I want them to be. And all these things. And we attach the idea of hope to that. And, we, and our brains get shaped in the reality that when we talk about hope, we think we're just talking about what we don't have yet. When in reality, biblical hope is not about what we don't have. It's the revelation of what we do have. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12. For we have this hope. So we're very bold. Hope is the reality of what you have. And what you have is Father's goodness towards you. And it prevails, has prevailed, and can never not prevail. So you have the reality to then receive of that force and go beyond your, your cage into the boundlessness of who you really are. Hope isn't based on a wish or a want. Hope is the derivative, to pull a big word out of nowhere, Hope is the result of love. There's love and then hope proceeds. In reality, Father, Son, and Spirit didn't even create until hope came forward. Father, Son, Spirit actually created from hope. I don't have time to unpack all that. It's on, in our online classes. But the reality is, is that you and I should be living, creating, pursuing from hope, not trying to get to it. So here's, here's what I showed up in the room on my heart with. Is that hope is trust in love. While anxiety is trust and fear. Anxiety is the emotional, mental, psychological state of preparing for things to not go right. To live anxious is not really to live in worry. That's something different. Worry is connected to concern and it has you questioning, but anxiety takes away the anxiety isn't questioning, anxiety is anticipating. Anxiety is saying, I better brace myself for the collapse. Anxiety is, is I better prepare myself for this to not work out again. Anxiety is looking at the things that are ahead and saying, well, I can't really fully give myself to that because nobody wants to give yourself fully to that which you perceive won't work. So you approach the things of life half-hearted or less because anxiety controls you with the mirage that this is going to fall apart again. The, the rug's going to get yanked out from underneath of you again. This is going to just fall apart. So I'm really not going to give everything I've got to this because I refuse to go through the pain and the agony of having something fall apart again and not work out again. So I'm going to hold myself back in restraint because I'm trusting in fear that's telling me it won't work. Twists our mind and it keeps us in that cage. It draws us back into living in the temporal instead of living in the eternal. And then when you add up the things of life, here you go, bring out some old Cindy Lopper, time after time. Some of you 80s folks know what I'm talking about, right? 
That's, that's ex- thank you. That's exactly right. You can play that later. That'll be good. And when you add up the time after time after time in your life that you've experienced loss, regret, let down, disappointment, tragedy, trauma, failure, when you add all of those up, fear keeps dogpiling on that to tell you that's just the way it's going to be the next time you try. And anxiety is when you put your faith in what fear is saying. Because faith is what you believe that has corresponding action to it. So you can put faith in fear. You can embrace the belief that it won't work and then respond accordingly, which means you restrict yourself or isolate your heart over here and not fully give everything that needs to be given in order to arrive over there. And then it's a crazy cycle because you never get there and then you take on the disappointment of never getting there, which tells your mind, see, I told you it just wouldn't work again. And it becomes a compounding interest that keeps building on top of itself to keep you within the bondage of restriction and never looking out to come out of this thing into the boundlessness that you were designed to live in. And the reality is, is you and I were not designed or created. Actually, everything within us hates being in this situation. Fear grips us. Anxiety starts to control. And then things fall apart again in our perception. We try to pick up the pieces enough to say, well, we'll get through this. He'll just help us through this. And then we find some measure of healing to get ourselves back together, shake the dust off, just to sit back down in that prison. And say, well, I'm not really supposed to be in here. But I'm not going out there and doing that again. And then some situation comes. I know you, I'm I'm aware that you guys are in transition. I'm aware that, quote, once again, some things feel like they're falling apart. I'm not even trying to bring some kind of whoo. Like God told me some secret information. I'm speaking to the reality of what I know you're going through because time after time, things keep looking like they're falling apart, not only as a congregation, but all those things in your own own internal life and situation. And then you bring all that together and you come up with a congregation or a group of people that want to live braced for the next thing that's going to fall apart. And I'm up in this house this morning to tell you that this house is to dream again. This house is to plan again. This house is to look at the future again, not trusting in the fear of isolation and not trusting in the fear that this will fall apart, but to step and create from hope that the reality is is we are boundless and look out, we're on the scene and we're coming after everything that we've been designed and been given to accomplish and release in the earth. Enough with the perspective that everything's falling apart. And freedom into the boundlessness that we're here. (laughs) You're not trying to get somewhere. You're getting to live from somewhere. We didn't start it. See, it's just a. It's horrible how much Darwinism has got wrapped into Christianity. It's horrible how much evolutionary thought has got wrapped into the understanding of Scripture. We don't start in Christ somewhere down here and keep evolving into some high. That's called other religions, higher levels of conscious and so forth and so forth. We don't start down here and keep, we're not journeying in Christ. We're becoming increasingly aware of what we already have in Christ.
Because we were already seated at the highest place with Christ, the ascended seat, the one who is set above, we are already the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, above and not under. We are already in our ascended life, co-ascended with him, seated in heavenly realms. We can't go any higher. Second Corinthians three, we go from glory to glory is not the concept of first tier glory and then second tier glory and ninth tier glory. We're not in karate. We're not going white belt, green belt, blood. Second Corinthians three, that whole chapter has discussed two glories. The fading glory of the old covenant and the permanent everlasting full glory of the new covenant. And he moved us from glory to glory. It's not an evolutionary process. We were already, boop, we're in the full measure right now. Sorry, I got a little bit loud. I calmed myself back down. I was going to read you all these cool verses from Philippians 4 and dissect some of that scripture says don't be anxious for anything well now how am I to do that but in everything with all the typical translations would say with prayer supplication let your request be known to God And I think we kind of process that from this idea like, okay, I better get my egg timer out and my prayer list check sheet, and I better sit down at least for 45 minutes today and go through this list telling God everything that I want so that I won't be anxious. Has that worked for anybody? Because that's not what really is going on there because we take some religious concept of prayer, supplication, making requests. We act like that's some kind of checklist thing, when in reality, prayer is not this. Prayer is communication, relationship. So when you're actually embracing and enjoying the relationship you have with him, anxiety then is what you don't have. It's not about some prayer time list so that you can do some psychotherapy to get rid of your anxiety. It's when I live in the reality of my relationship of the goodness of Father and the beauty of my sonship, I no longer trust fear telling me that things won't work because I actually trust love that tells me my goodness prevails in every situation. So now I have a boldness to go ahead and go for it because I'm not trapped in this fear that wants to tell me it won't work. But I listen and trust and put my faith, my belief with my corresponding actions in what love says and love says yes and it will. (laughs) I'm down to one minute. Ready, set, go. Here comes my good conclusion. Let's see if I kept that narrow enough from a good opening. Father is so good that he allowed a morning to be set up like this to say to this house, don't you dare approach the future trusting that things are going to fall apart again. He's saying to you, you dream again from hope. You plan again. You make plans. That's the way I heard it. I wrote it down right here. Make plans based on hope, not plans on anxiety. Anxiety says hold back some. Because no one ever will give everything you got if you perceive it won't work. Most of our lives are lived, held back, because we believe something won't work. When we live from hope, we get to, we get to then live in our boundless, eternal state like Father Jesus Spirit and create worlds into existence. Somebody in your economic realm is going to create worlds that come into existence. Some of you in your relationships that you've seen downturns in are going to step from hope and see worlds come into existence. 
this congregation who has perceived that, well, we're never going to get off this downturn. It's just going to keep sliding until... I don't know what all the lies that he tries to tell you. I just know they're not true. Do you hear me? I just know they're not true. But this house is going to step from the place of hope like God did and create worlds in this region. I told you I was here last time. This is a gateway into this region, right? And you already knew that, right? We just affirmed that prophetic revelation, correct? What's a gateway but an entrance to worlds? Get our Star Wars friends back here, start talking galaxies. (laughs) That's it. Forming worlds, fashioning worlds. It starts by moving from what's already in you. Eternity, boundlessness is already in you. You're not trying to get to eternity. You're already to be living eternity. That's what shapes and forms worlds around us. Can I pray for you? Just stand to your feet. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would be a significant step for them to literally come up good. here as a sign that yeah, they out of it. Good, good, good. I'm going to do it like this. How many of you really felt like Father just kind of tagged you this morning? Let me see your hand. Put your hand up. Way up. Whoop, whoop. Up here. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, it's pretty much the majority, right? Here's the reality. It's, not, it's like showing up and some guy saying, I, God's telling me someone's back hurts. Every crowd is going to have somebody with their back hurt. So I'm not up in here acting like it's some big, quote, prophetic moment to say who in here is dealing with anxiety. That's probably going to be about the fill of about every crowd. So I want you to hear that and understand that. But how many of you can recognize that Father sent this situation this morning, this time, to identify that in you and then now deal with that in you? Let me see your hand. Then would you join me up front if you want to walk out of that cage and start peeking out and seeing what can be besides what you've always known, then join me up front. Let's pray. My brother on the keyboard, where'd he go? That'd be fun. Here he comes. He was going to get prayer. I'll pray for you in a moment too, but if you don't mind playing for us, that'd be great. Scoot up, you're going to have to come up here. We got about the whole building coming in. I'm kind of being lighthearted right now, but inside I'm extremely serious. I'm kind of being lighthearted because you know what? Father's pretty fun. And anxiety, when anxiety's not controlling us, we don't have to live like we have to hold everything together. Do you hear me? And then what that breaks over your life is the absolute need for you to control everything. And when you let go of your need to control you get to actually live the fullest that you've ever lived. Come on, receive. He's already doing it. Come on, don't. This, this isn't about me. This is about Father and you. This isn't about you trying to get to your freedom. This is about you embracing your freedom. Every promise of Father has been answered with a yes and an amen in Jesus. You are under an eternal green light. You live from the place of yes. So this morning, in the name of Jesus, we release you out of the bondage We release you out of the cage of anxiety. And we say even to your psyche, even to the wiring of your mind, 
you were to now reform and reshape and begin to fire differently. I speak to the frequencies and the electric impulses of your psyche. And I say to you in the name of Jesus, reform. I speak to the chemicals that want to try to be in, in imbalance because of the wrong kind of synopsis firing. And I say to you for your mind to come into its right chemical position, the place of eternal boundlessness. And I say to your psyche to adjust in the frequency in which you're functioning. I put a demand on the boundlessness of your heart. Father's calling your heart forward. Come out of the mirage. Come out of the mirage. Come out of the mirage. Right now, so many of you, you feel it inside of you right now, and I'm just going to identify it for you. You feel like you need to take a great big deep breath and just exhale. Yeah. Exhaling that which wants to restrict you and restrain you because you're made for boundlessness. It's falling off of your shoulders, the weight to control all of it. Stop being afraid of pain. Father's goodness prevails over pain. Stop being afraid of disappointment. Father's goodness prevails over disappointment. Stop being afraid of disappointment and loss because Father's goodness prevails over disappointment and loss. Stop being afraid of not making it because Father's goodness prevails when you feel like you haven't made it. Stop isolating yourself because you think this won't work because Father's goodness prevails even when, you, when it doesn't go the way you thought it would go. His goodness prevails because the reality is, is you are already in Him and there's nothing more important or more valuable than being in Him. And so you are not promised a pain-free life you're promised an above life of boundlessness. Enough of the idea that eternity is without tears. That's a whole other thing to study. I'm trying to say to you, eternity is about boundlessness, not about painlessness. You're not even living brave because you're so afraid of hurting. We sang it this morning, He makes me brave, yeah, but you're not going anywhere because you're afraid you'll get hurt in it. Sorry, I'm moving into my coach locker room talk mode. You've got life to be lived from the place of bravery, from the place of boldness. No football player goes out there on the field and gives everything they got because they're afraid they're going to get hit too hard. Get out there and take the hits and keep moving the ball forward. It's not about painlessness. It's about boundlessness. And this morning now in the name of Jesus, I release the healing over this house for the pains, the disappointments, the disconnections, the loss, the broken ties. Oh man, someone better receive that. Come on, as a corporate house, come on, together, we, not you, we embrace healing for the pain of loss, the pain of disconnection. This house receives its healing. And look, Father's goodness has prevailed. It's prevailed. That pain is dissolving. That place of trusting this won't work is dissolving. That place of being afraid it'll just keep coming out like this time after time after time, it's dissolving. Some of you right now are getting entirely new visions with inside of you because you're getting a new set of eyes to look through hope instead of looking through anxiety. 
So today, this house corporately steps out of the cage to live outside that bondage and to live boundless. You are not bound. Don't believe the lie. You're not. Listen, that's it, man. Keep playing that, brother. Come on. The frequency's on the keyboard. Come on, hear it. Is there more volume you can put on that? Come on, just bring that up. Yeah. Wave after wave, 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 wave after wave. You're playing your freedom. Brother, keep playing it. You're playing your freedom. You're playing your freedom. Wave after wave, wave after wave. The frequencies are changing in your heart. The frequencies are changing in your mind. The frequency of the atmosphere of this house are being redialed. Tune into that frequency. Dial into the frequency of your freedom. Approach 2017 for the revelation of boundlessness and refuse to approach the rest of this year in the concept of restriction. Come on, this corporate body has to come into a corporate amen. In other words, you have to come under this mission. You have to now bring yourself into submission, into the place of being under the cause of living boundless together and not restricted. You have to come in under the place of going after freedom, going after the place of hope instead of the place of anxiety. This body must come under this together for the mission of Christ is the freedom of our hearts. And we, as His bride, are to come under that mission of unlocking freedom. It's a gateway. It's a gateway. It's a gateway. The gate is open. The gateway is open. Ooh, I'm prophesying that. Gateway is open. Anxiety causes you to close the gate and isolate so that you stay safe. This isn't called a place of safety. This is a place of mission. So this morning, we swing wide those gates, right? Psalms 24. We swing wide those gates and we say to this region, gates are open for you and gateway, this house is open to you. We're not afraid of you to come in. We're not afraid of you to come and connect. We're not afraid of you to come and be part. We're not afraid like we think you'll come for a minute and then leave us again. You're not afraid any longer of an influx coming your direction. You're not afraid of increase coming your way. You're not afraid of relationships that want to connect with you and attach with you. You're not afraid of relationships that want to invite you in and ask you to be a part. You're not afraid of what Father has developed in relationship because your gates are no longer closed. You're no longer isolated. You're no longer in the restricted area of bondage, but you're in eternity. The boundlessness of saying, yes, I will connect and yes, I will relate. Because you're not after a life free of pain. You're after a life free of bondage. Free of restriction. So I bless this house in the name of Jesus. I bless it with refreshment. Spring up, oh well, is bubbling out all over this place inside your heart and inside the atmosphere of this congregation. Spring up, O well, living waters rise. Spring up, O well, flooding and gushing out. Refreshment. Your mind is being retooled today. 
your heart has been retooled. You've been, giving a, you've been given a new set of tools to build into the future. It might be when you go home this afternoon. It might be when you wake up and start your work week tomorrow. Anxiety will try to attempt to reattach itself in your thinking that you've been given a weapon. You've been given a sword, a revelation that you live from hope, trusting love, and not in fear and not in anxiety, trusting fear. So it will come and try to control your mind again and push you back into that cage. But you will move into love for perfect love casts out all fear. So you will come back to peace. You will come back to hope. You will come back to joy. You will come back to patience. You will come back to long-suffering. You will come back to kindness. You will come back into that. And you will no longer remain isolated because you're afraid to connect. So I bless you in Jesus' name. bless Tim and Carrie. I bless this leadership team. I bless the new team forming. This team will lead from and create from hope, not from anxiety. I charge this leadership team to find itself moving from the understanding of, of boundlessness and not restriction. I charge this house to come under the same mission together. It's a new frequency that this house is to dial into. So I charge every one of you, those in leadership and those that are participating as a family, come under the new frequency that Father's released in this house. Watch what the alignment, the dialing in of that frequency will produce. Fresh sound, fresh light, fresh revelation. And I'm not, I'm not able to get past the reality. It will create fresh connections because wavelengths will now merge together. It's called harmony. There won't be dissonance. There'll be harmony. And there'll be symphony. Because the gates are open and you're no longer afraid for those to come and connect. We bless you in the name of Jesus. If you agree, say amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Pastor Tim.